Well, good morning and welcome along to another episode of Sweet Tea and Coffee. Blake has informed me that this is episode 31. It is. That just still seems like a lot. It it does. I've forgotten most of them at this point. And yet I listened to a podcast yesterday and I clicked on it. It was like episode 560. We're still we're still newbies okay. at this. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're rookies. We're rookies. <laughs> but we have some special friends in the house. Uh, friends that uh, that I think, honestly, everybody probably that is listening, if you've been around Nacogdoches, if you have been around our church, you know these people. This is Fredonia Hill celebrity in the house today. <laughs> Royalty. Royalty, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got Bill and Amy Plunkett here with us, and uh, they have just such a, a wonderful story and have just personally meant a whole lot to me and my family have been a huge encouragement to us, and, and they feel like family. And um, so we are going to chat through... Uh, things with them. Listen to some of their story on episode 31. Stick around. Here we go. As I said, we've got Bill and Amy Plunkett here and uh, excited to have them. Bill, I don't know. We, we may have got that on I got a, record, I got a little bit of it. But right before the intro here, Bill just broke into song and uh, and oh, may no. or may not do that again today. He's had four <laughs> cups of coffee this morning. This is sweet tea and coffee. And so I do want to point out that uh, there are two of us that uh, that are I don't have, have, that have a drink I don't this have morning, any room at this table. And it's both coffee. Okay, so it's both coffee. So... Uh, chalk one up for the coffee team. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but glad you guys are are in here. Like I said, man, if you've been around Fredonia Hill long, you know Bill and Amy. Um, give us a so like what what are the statistics? What's the back of the baseball card for you guys? You when did you uh, start coming to Fredonia Hill? How long have you been in this area? What's what's that story? Well, we moved here in 1997. I retired from Houston PD back in 1998. I commuted for a year. And then we started going to Fredonia. You commuted to, hold on. You commuted from Nacogdoches to Houston yes. for a year? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So people that complain about going to Lufkin I was going to say, no one can ever <laughs> complain about their commute again. Well, I didn't go to Houston every day. I stayed with my parents there in spring. Okay. And then I would come home. And uh, But my problem was I was still on call out. And so there were oh uh, times where... There were some land speed records set between here and Houston. <laughs> <laughs> With the lights flashing. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Sometimes. Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, so I interrupted you. Sorry, that I just, the Houston commute got me. So That's okay. We started here at Fredonia Hill in late 1997, Amy yeah. and I both. We were introduced to uh, the church just by walking in the door and welcomed us as we walked in the door and... Um, uh, I, I guess our biggest, uh, well, you want to tell who, who met us at the house? Yeah, we had, uh, uh, let's see, Lane Bradshaw came over to visit and Dr. Uh, Houston came over to visit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Houston. Yeah. Very sweet folks. So we immediately love them. And brought the girls and came to church, and the girls said, "This is where we want to be." Wow! So, so how did you decide to, to to come? Was it somebody that invited you, or you just said, "Okay, we're going to start trying churches, and this is where we're going to go first? Well, actually, Amy and I were here <clears throat> earlier in 1977, going to school here. Okay, at uh, SFA, and came here to to 
Fredonia Hill just a couple of times here at church here at Fredonia Hill. Okay. And, uh, you know, parked our horse out front and yeah. uh, <laughs> loaded up the wagon. Loaded up yeah. the wagon. Right. Back in That's the 1870s. Great. You said 1970. Yeah, 1970s. Right. Clarify that. That's good. Well, that's cool. I mean, I, I love that because uh, simply because this last week we talked about creating a culture of welcome and and uh, that's right. And that sounds exactly like that's exactly what happened to you guys. You it came was. in and were embraced as as friends and family, and and the rest is history. And you've oh, been yeah. you've been here ever since. Yeah, connected with Sunday school right away, and with Jack, and loved to listen to Jack and and Mark constantly battle back and forth with each other on. Uh, their ideas and opinions yeah. about what happened in the Bible, and we would all just sit back and enjoy. <laughs> and it well, was, it was I like learned a, so much about the Bible between just those two people talking back and forth. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, we man, we hear so often about that class. I mean, that that, that Sunday school <laughs> class, great. Jack's Sunday school class, comes up all the time. It yeah. should. It, it, it was a really formative time for a lot of it was a lot yeah. of people. It was. So that's cool. Okay, tell us about your family. Got a couple kiddos and yeah. some grandkids running around yeah Tell us about and one that. on the way okay so, so excited yeah um kimberly is uh an occupational therapist she's our oldest daughter and she's married to nathan and then they have two girls okay hadley and caroline and then stacy is our youngest and she's married to cord and they're expecting their first baby. That's awesome. After a lot of prayers. That's yeah, she's awesome. a hygienist here in town at she's Dr. Stevens' office. She's a hygienist, yeah. Okay, okay. So she cleans a lot of people's teeth. mouths here in town. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Even the ones that have teeth. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, the men that are listening uh, should connect to this because uh, those two names that you just mentioned, Nathan and Cord. Oh, yeah. my. The, I mean, those, those are the guys that fed... Uh, oh, this yeah. group of men at our church, the best meal of their life, uh, <laughs> the about yeah. what eight months ago or so, right. six yeah. eight yeah. months ago. So, uh, those those are the two guys that, like, like I said, you owe the best meal of your life to. Uh, well, so. the neat story on our son in laws, they were the only guys our daughters ever dated. We watched our son in laws grow up from when they were nine and 11. Wow. So, we watched our, they're really our sons. Yeah. yeah. They just happened to be married to our daughters. Yeah. And so we watched them grow up. And so it's been quite an adventure to watch them all grow up together. That's really unique. Yeah. It is. It's, it's a unique. Cool. You bet. Yeah, I yeah. bet. Man, that's that's really cool. I mean, I guess some people have that story maybe once, but for you to have that twice yeah. in yes. your right. family, and right. that, that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Okay, so you mentioned that uh, you retired from Houston PD. So you guys lived in Houston, and uh, you I mean, were a police officer in Houston and all that I'm sure entails, and uh, there's all sorts of stories there. There uh, are, which I'm sure some you can tell, and some you some you may or may <laughs> not may not can tell. But I remember one of the first stories that, and I so you invited me uh, to come out to the property that you uh, that you take care of, yes. and you wanted to show me around. It's one of the prettiest places in all of Nacogdoches County, and uh, so blessed to be able to come out there. This Good. was pretty soon after we had moved here, and. You you were sharing all sorts of stories. We were getting to know each other, but one that has, that I've never forgotten uh, is uh, is is the story of the the birth of your daughter after you had been injured in an accident. In I say an accident. I don't know how much of an accident it was, but uh, man, just tell that story. Give us give us a, a window into that moment. It's one of these. Bill and Amy have tons of just extraordinary stories, things that they've walked through, things that the Lord has really brought them through, where you guys have seen oh, yeah. the provision of the Lord in some pretty 
uh, unbelievable Absolutely. ways, some dramatic ways. Yes. This is definitely one Absolutely. of those. Walk us through that moment. I want people to hear this well, story. Well, October 28, 1988, I was, I got a phone call from a snitch, which was an informant, about a stolen cars being dropped off anyway. Uh, chasing the auto thief on that event, uh, I got shot three times, and I got sent to the hospital at Herman. Life lighted me to Herman, and I was there uh, Thursday night, October 28th, 1988, and Amy was pregnant with our second daughter, not knowing what we were going to have because I didn't want to know whether yeah, it was born or girl. Yeah, that's right. And so um, Sunday, I woke up Saturday, and Amy was there, and Mom was there, and I remember I woke up for a second, and I said, I hurt, and that's all I said. And then Sunday, they woke me up and said that Amy was on the way to the hospital to have our second child, and I was wow. so mad that I wasn't going to be there. And I got to listen to Stacy being born over the phone. So Amy and I got to listen to what gender our new child was. Wow. And so got to listen to that over the phone. And I was so mad that this person had taken that opportunity away from us. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, the guy that was working at the front, uh, Greg, what's Greg's last name? Uh, anyway, Greg, the policeman there, he says, we're going to make this happen. So I was in Herman Hospital. Amy was at Texas Women's, which is by the old Astrodome. And next thing I know, they're wheeling me out. Now, I have stuff all over me. I'm in intensive care. And yeah. so I have a doctor, a surgical doctor, and a nurse next to me. They're loading me into an ambulance and like 28 police cars leading me down fanning mm. to go see Amy. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, and I recall it was a bit of a heist, wasn't it? Like, you, the, oh. that there were some doctors that were like, no, we're not moving this you were guy. Not, yeah, and you're like, just, we're moving him. He's right. going to see this, yeah. this baby girl. That's right. He's not moving. And, you know, we have such close friendships with uh, our friends that we grew up in high school, so close that uh, they were there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They came and, and were there. Yeah. When and I they, showed up, they yeah. were there. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Amy, yeah. what's that like? On your end of things, I mean, had you received you? Did you? You obviously knew because you were there that that uh, that he'd been shot. Yeah, and you've got to be thinking at that point. Okay, I may, I may go through this by myself, and like getting ready for this. What's that like on your end of things? Yeah, it's not cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's not cool. But it was about I think eleven thirty, and I talked to him earlier that evening, and everything was great. And that just shows you how quick things can change. Yeah. And uh, I just clung to God. I said, You're, you've got to take care of this. But anyway, it was about, I think, 1130, and there was a knock on the door, and I knew that mm. something had happened. Wow. And um, it was uh, Bill's cousin. He was a police officer, too, Tommy. And he said, uh, Bill's been shot. I said, How is he? He goes, I don't know. So his wife wow. came in and took care of our one-year-old, and we got in the car and headed to the hospital. And uh, you, you just pray. Yeah. Just pray the whole time. Yeah. And, uh, but I knew God had it, hmm. but that's easier said than done when oh you're goodness, in the moment. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I, I would love for you to elaborate on that. This is maybe a really hard question, but, you know, you, you say the words, you just pray. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I know the scripture obviously says that there, there are moments where our prayer isn't even 
we can't even verbalize it in, in language and that the spirit intercedes for us in those, in those moments. We had uh, Becky Weems on a while back and she mm-hmm. was talking about a really, just a really uh, tough moment in her life. And she just said, I just needed to walk around Nacogdoches and pray. And I said, okay, tell us about that. Like, take us into that, right. that moment. What does prayer look like in those moments? Uh, can you, can you even describe that? I mean, because when people hear, you know, I just, I just prayed, what does that, what does that look like? Is that v- verbal? Is that right. just kind of going on in your head and heart? What does that, what does that look like in those yeah, moments? Yeah, for me, it was head and heart. And yeah. it was, um, it was like I shut the whole world out hmm. or he did. Hmm. God did. Yeah. And I felt like it was just him and I, and wow. he, it was quiet. It was, um, I just remember feeling like I'm hanging on. Wow. I'm going to hang on to you. And um, you feel immediate peace. But I hadn't seen Bill yet, and I didn't know his condition. Yeah. I didn't know what it was like. So going into it with the unknown like that, um, that's what I hung on to. Wow. I believed that God would take care of it. Hmm. And, of course, I'm almost ready to deliver Stacy. Yeah. And I just remember saying, God, we need you to take care of her. We need you to take care of Bill. And you just kind of fall back in his arms. That's how I felt. Wow. Just fall back into his arms and And let go. And the way you describe it seems almost even like, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but almost even like a, even a physical experience of falling back in his arms and feeling that rest and that, and that peace. (laughs) There was a, there was an assurance to you that you were being carried in that Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So what's yes. that like when uh, when here comes the cavalry, like the whole group is 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 driving through Houston. And I mean, what's that moment like as they open the door and and I don't know what you look like in that moment, you know, you're coming in on a hospital bed, but man, what's that moment like for him to be well, wheeled they, into the room? It was a happy, happy moment because wow. they wheeled him in in a wheelchair. And oh, wow. it didn't last long because he's turned white and you could tell he was going to faint any minute. Yeah. <laughs> but we got to look at each other wow. and we saw our, our baby wow. and uh, mm-hmm. we knew everything was okay then. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They stuck me in a wheelchair. So my leg was all messed up. My chest was opened up. I had two IVs and one in each arm and, um, Policemen telling people that they were shutting the hospital down and the police cars all around front of Texas Women's Hospital. And <laughs> wow. I'm sure that was quite They were probably wondering what was going on. That's man. right. And uh, then here comes this crippled old man all banged up going up to see a lady. <laughs> wow. That's a, what was that like for you? I mean, it, what was I that think moment that, like? I, you know, I, I'm blessed that I had such a camaraderie of people that were surrounding me to know that that moment was not going to be taken away. Wow. And uh, that, I guess, what was really so wonderful, Amy's brother took her to the hospital. Yeah. And to see him there with her, and then to see our two friends there, Mike and Kyle, and I said, she's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of see a, a physical expression of the provision that God brings oh, through man. people in those moments, don't you? So true. Oh, you do. Yeah. Yes. You do. And you, you don't know what to do. You As much planning and preparation that I do on everything, that something like that you just can't anticipate. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Well, you, okay. I want to jump into something else. You, you mentioned, uh, these friends from high school. <laughs> now this is extraordinary. So here's just, so I don't know if you get these texts, Blake, but I get these texts every, uh, summer time ish. Right. I don't know. Right. Once a year you do this. So once a year, Bill goes off with this group of, uh, <laughs> of high school friends and he goes to the most extraordinary, beautiful places on planet earth. And then he photo dumps all these pictures <laughs> yeah. to the poor folks sitting around here in, uh, you know, at Nacogdoches. Right. And he just says, look at where I am. And right. it's, it's just like, right. oh my gosh, that is amazing. Right. Uh, but, but what I love about that, and we've talked a lot about this yes. group of friends, it's a, it's pretty extraordinary that this group of, uh, of friends that you've had uh, since you were in high school right. has stuck together and, uh, and done life together and is committed to uh, being in friendship oh, for a lifetime. We are. Walk us Held through. Held accountable, too. Yeah, walk <laughs> us through that kind of relationship. Because I think, you know, when you're in it, you kind of think, well, this is normal to have this this close group of friends, but oh, this is Abby normal. Yeah. Most people don't. What, how does that, how does that come about? We've talked a lot about friendship around here. I'm just curious how, how those friendships have been developed and maintained. Well, some folks may not know that Amy and I went to high school together, Yeah, but we didn't start dating till after we were out of high school, but we ran around together with the same group of people. And so we've known each other since we were in high school together. Mm -hmm. So in our junior year in high school, when we were able to drive legally on the roads, <laughs> I like that caveat. <laughs> right. In Spring, Texas, that was not a normal to drive without your license. But anyway, uh, we were able to travel by ourselves, this group of guys that like to run rivers. So we called ourselves the Texas River Runners. Okay. And so we had coined that name, and we traveled all over Texas in high school uh, doing river runs. So imagine 16-year-olds loading up their pickup trucks with four beat-up canoes, putting in at Langtree, Texas, in the middle of nowhere, and traveling down the Pecos River with no cell phones, no nothing, and getting out at Pecos at the dam and coming home and your parents not knowing where you are <laughs> for seven days. Wow. So and, it's just like, Mom and Dad, I'm taking the canoe. We'll see you in a week. That's right. And you're drinking river water and... And traveling and doing that and doing the Guadalupe when you're not supposed to, when it was over 1600 CFS, you oh, know, man. and it was in, we just traveled all over Texas doing all the rivers. Wow. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where you said, well, how did you get from point A to point B? You said you hitchhiked, you know, and <laughs> the people would pick you up and take you back to where you were putting in or getting out. Yeah. And, uh, so we did that a lot. And so you hitchhike with a canoe. No, you would drop your trucks off. So we dropped our trucks, our canoes off in Langtree. Okay. And then we had, we're getting out in Pecos. Okay. So you had to drop your trucks off in Pecos and you had to give back to Langtree where everybody else was and all <laughs> <Yeah>. your gear. <laughs> so two of you had to go take the trucks in Pecos and then you had to get back. And so you just stuck your thumb out. I love it. And you got to ride back. That's great. And uh, sometimes you'd take two or three sticking your thumbs out. You yeah. know, somebody was going to take a road. I'm not going that far. Yeah. And so anyway... So we continued to do that throughout the years, and we've traveled throughout the United States, going all through different rivers, and to the point to where, like our last trip, we just got back from the Flathead River in Montana, where they rent we rent two airplanes. They drop off all your gear, and then they come back and get you and drop drop you off on top of a mountain. And say good luck. See you're you in a week. You're sitting out there with your thumb out waiting. Yeah, for, the <laughs> yeah. for the airplane to show up. And um, 
What's really sweet is Amy and I have known these guys and their wives for <clears throat> forever, 40-something yeah, years. 75. Yeah. yeah. And so it's this accountability that we hold on each other of being good, faithful Christian men. And uh, it's just all these experiences we've been through. What What does it take? What kind of work does it take to maintain friendships like that because you guys don't all live here i mean this is oh no these people that are spread out all over the place from seattle to orlando yeah so and yet the bond remains how do you how do you you know it's kind of a joke that we we hope that nobody ever sees all our text and amy says you better hope nobody sees these texts because they're kind of goofy yeah yeah they're they're silly silly. in a way yeah yeah but we know each other's quirks about what bugs each other yeah and we know i mean we're all have our idiosyncrasies that we all know everything about. Yeah. And uh, and Amy knows them. I mean, they're like brothers. So did you ever go on any of these trips, Amy? Did oh, you? no. No way. <laughs> not allowed. No, no way. You're yeah. like, see you in a not week. Not interested. Not interested. <laughs> yeah, have fun. All. Not allowed, is that what you yeah. said? <laughs> not allowed. Yeah, when the toilet's a, a 55 or a five-gallon drum you sit on in the middle of nowhere. No, she's not yeah. going. That's not my thing. Not your thing. Yeah. Not your thing. That's no. great. So those so those friendships have been maintained for, for all these years and and are and are meaningful. I mean, you, th- this oh. isn't just people you go on trips with. These are people you're sharing life with and that's that are right. in the hospital. You know, when you're in the hospital and I mean they're standing in for you in big big moments. That's pretty amazing. Oh yeah, and whenever whenever they hurt, we hurt. Yeah. You know, and whenever they have children or their children have children, we know about them. And whenever. They're going through difficulties. We all share all these things, and and we you know, pray for each other. Oh, yeah. oh my awesome. gosh! Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. So recently, so we we've covered kind of this moment where uh, where Bill was had got himself in a bind, and uh, or I don't know, someone else got you in a bind. <laughs> yeah, you right. didn't quite do it. <laughs> wasn't on my plan. That I was gonna say. I was gonna say, and and just the uh, the hanging on to God in those in those mm-hmm. moments. You guys have recently walked through, Amy, you just had a, had a big surgery and recently walked through, uh, kind of a trial there. And, uh, and, and it's kind of the, the shoe was on the other foot a little bit, you know, and, and Bill was kind of, he was the one watching you go through it this time. And, uh, take us through, take us through that a little bit, what you guys have, have just recently walked through and, um, and how uh, the, 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 the roles kind of changed and, and what that looked like. Well, you're exactly right. They did change. They, we flipped, and uh, it was totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I was the one that would always be healthy, and Bill had uh, heart problems in his family. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, it's not unexpected to God. So Yeah. Um, well. But went to surgery in Houston, and Bill was right there the whole time. And it's funny— it kind of brought back memories of what had happened to him. Really? And so we sat in the hospital for 11 days and talked about that. Wow. And I said, Tell, how, how did you get through this? Hmm. How, how did it feel literally, physically? Because it was pretty scary to have open heart surgery. Right. And the surgeon actually had my heart in his hands. Wow. And um, he prayed ahead. That was... Uh, that was a wonderful feeling. Oh, so comforting. Very comforting. Mm-hmm. But Bill and I talked about that, and I said, so, you know, we're going to have matching scars. Mm-hmm. What do you think? 
and uh, <laughs> had a lot of humor, a sense of humor, and he's very good at that. And he was right by my side all day. And matter of fact, the nurses coined him as the doting husband. Absolutely. He would get there when he in the morning and sit with me all day till that night. Hmm. And um, he said to one of the nurses, he said, uh, she's my, my Jenny. And if you watch the movie <laughs> Forrest Gump, yeah. of course, you know what that is. Oh, yeah. And so they started calling us Forrest and Jenny. I love it. And um, so in it, such a scary time, it was actually happy. It was happy. Yeah. Once the surgery yeah. was done, even with pain and all, uh, we were together. And, and sickness and health really came into play in that one. Wow. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I mean, talk about what the Lord does between the two of you in moments like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've been through you know, two significant health moments right. where you've clung to one another. But at, but at the same time, your marriage has always had Christ right there at the center. Right. So what, what happens uh, between a husband and wife in those kind of moments as you cling to the Lord, as you described, what does that do in your relationship? What does that do in your marriage? Well, you know, you think about the love that you have for each other, that his love exceeds that for you. Wow. And it's hard to imagine um, you think you know what you can take care of and you can't in situations like that. You just have to put it in his, his hands. And it was so hard for me because I love fixing things and taking care of her mm. and doing all the things for her, and I couldn't fix her. Mm. And so I said to tell him, it's yours. Wow. You can't do this. Mm. Would you say that that was a similar moment to what Amy described, kind of being in the car and going, Okay, I just got to fall back into into his arms. There's nothing I can do. That helpless. Oh, it is. It's a. Feeling. It's a. It's a. It's a powerless feeling that I have no control over what's going on. Yeah. And then when you just put it in his hands and you just go, okay, I'm. I have to rely on you when you should all the time. But in those moments, we all go to him and say, "Can you help me?" It's like all the time you should be asking me to help mm-hmm. you, and putting your faith in what goes on in your day to day life and. On those moments like that, you just cry out, you know, that you need him more than ever when that should be every day. Yeah. What is the, as you, as you're actually going through those moments where you know that you're helpless, you know, that you, you know, we always, we have this illusion of control, but we don't really have any, any control. But in those moments, it's right in your face. You just, I know I I don't have control over this moment. Mm And yet you cry out to the Lord. What does it feel like? And I'm going to I'm using that word on purpose because I think a, I think in a lot of these moments, what people are are looking for when they cry out to God in these moments is they're looking for a shift and a change in the way that they feel. feel. And a lot of times when that doesn't come, it's distressing. It's like, okay, is God is God not working? So in those moments, can you take us through? I mean, both of you certainly <laughs> can comment. Did it did it necessarily change the way that you felt, or w- describe what it was like to be carried through, even in the midst of? I'm sure your mind 
racing and wondering, I'm sure the distressing moments that are, that are all caught up in that. What, what is the experience like to actually be carried through? Is it a change of feeling as God brings you through, or is it something deeper than that? Well, I know one thing, um, prayer from others. Uh, I was always one to, if you want me to pray for you, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to ask for prayer is simply just not the way I am. Hmm. And yet prayer came from all over this church, hmm. all over town, in Houston, friends, everywhere. Hmm. You can literally feel it. And when you said carried through, that's how I felt. I hmm. felt like I was being carried through it. And even... I went to God for all the details. There were some scary moments. I had to have some tubes pulled, four tubes at one time, out of my chest. And I was scared to death. Mm. This was after surgery. And Bill had had the same experience. And we just put out on text to please pray that this would be painless. And it was. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't wait to get back to all these people that prayed. Mm. And tell him, you know, God listens. He mm. he did it. There was no pain whatsoever. Well, the nurse that came in, Miss Henley, I'll never forget her name. She had the darkest blue eyes. And she said, look at my eyes. And when that happened, she was done. And Amy goes, she goes, I'm done. She goes, all of them? Amy didn't feel a thing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. And these were four tubes in her chest that each tube was two feet long. Wow. Yes, and she pulled them all out at one time, and I'm looking at it, and I'm watching this, and Amy's looking in her eyes and never moves, and she says, I didn't feel the thing. Hmm. Yeah. That was amazing. So you're not, you know, I think sometimes, again, we we think that when we pray in these distressing moments, that what the, the answer to prayer looks like is this sudden burst of of strength and courage, and like we, we shift from being helpless to now being strengthened and empowered, but that's not what you're describing. You're describing mm-hmm. remaining helpless. That's right. And yet being carried along. You're experiencing mm-hmm. a a power that is beyond and outside of yourself mm-hmm. carrying you in your helpless state. And that's really mm-hmm. what answered prayer looks like. Am I am I that's hearing exactly you say right. that right? It's oh. exactly right. And it was in every detail. It wasn't just the the big moments, even the little moments mm-hmm. of fear and unknown about the pain and um it's a peace yeah you feel a peace wow well the grace that you get from the others that are praying you get this serenity feeling that it's all going to be okay but you really don't comprehend it at the moment Hmm. it's when it's done that you look back and you go wow Hmm. that's when it that's when the reality sets in that god's hand is in all that that it's not under your power to make those things happen. And so when people are trying to get an answer from God and they give me peace about what's happening right now, it may not happen at that exact moment that you're asking for these things to happen from Him. But when you look back and you see what happens, Hmm. you know His hands in every bit of it. Wow. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I, we're going to have to, we're going to have to turn the corner and, and kind of close down, but I would, uh, I think I'd really fail the podcast if I didn't ask this last, this last question. Uh, 
And it's funny because the other day we're, we're talking about mar- marriage ministry in, in, in a conversation uh, earlier this week. And the question was just posed, you know, think about couples in your church that if your marriage were in trouble, if you needed to go to somebody, if your marriage were in trouble, if you were to need help, you know, who are the couples that you would, that you would go to? <laughs> and I don't mind, I don't mind telling you that you're, the two of you are like first in my mind. Yeah. And, uh, I love, I have, I have been a fly on the wall. I love the way that you love your wife. Oh. And I just, I, I am challenged by that and learn from that all the time. So I, I would be, uh, you, you guys just are a role model marriage for, I think a lot of people, maybe you don't know that maybe you do. So you certainly are for, for my family. Um, what would you say, I'm gonna put you on the spot, but uh, Amy, I'd love to hear you talk about, um, from a, the perspective of a wife and bill you from a husband, like what, what would you say, uh, to either a young couple starting out or somebody in, in you know, just uh, in the middle of marriage, what were you, what would you say is like, this, this is the one thing, or this is the, the, the these are, these are the two things like, like more than anything else, hang on to this. What, what, what would you say, Bill, to husbands and Amy to wives? I would definitely say communication and respect. Hmm. And as women, we tend to look at men and expect you to get it, expect you to know what we're thinking. And you can't do that. You have to communicate. Hmm. And we've been through ups and downs. Yeah. But not once did we ever consider anything but always to be together. Hmm. That that never even came to our mind. Hmm. And um, and I, I respect him. And um, sense of humor is important. Don't take it all so seriously. Wow. Just have fun together. Hmm. And uh, he makes me laugh. I make him laugh. And uh, it's a blast. Yeah, that's awesome. I love being married. Wow. To this guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did we really get married? Or were we just living together? No, I I think we got married. (laughs) Oh, we did. We did. We had that wedding thing. The wedding thing. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think from, from the perspective of a husband? I think the one word is respect for each other. And I remember a man was doing a show on marriage, and he said, if you write all the good things down about your marriage, you write all the bad things down about what you think about your wife. He said the good so far outshines Hmm. what all the bad things you think about your wife. And he said that you're two different human beings, and you have to understand that, that you've got different personalities, and that... Yeah, you're going to have difference of opinions. If you don't, there's something wrong. That's right. And if you don't communicate, you talk things out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have this thing, and it's kind of funny. You know, they talk about money situation with families. It's a funny thing. Anything we spend over a hundred bucks, we have to get approval from the other person. I love that. And so, we have that rule in our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. At to the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. That's our rule. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. And yes, so, I'm doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it was kind of funny that as we're getting older, our livelihood is much easier. And so the other day she said, well, I spent a hundred something dollars. I said, that's okay. And I went, oh my gosh, that's, we're still doing, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's this good. is good. That's, I love it. That's good communication. <laughs> right. That's good. Well, thank you so much for, for being with us. My goodness, we could spend a long time 
uh, talking to the two of you. But I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you letting us just yeah. jump in, dive deep into some... Hey, actually, before we wrap up... Oh, okay, there, here we go. there is a There is a, something going on right now that I do want to talk about, because I think people will have this question knowing what's happening. So uh, Bill, currently, for a short time <laughs> remaining, is uh, he, he's a lake officer at Lake Nacogdoche, which is where I live. And fish. And fish. Try to fish. And try to fish sometimes. <laughs> Um, but you're retiring for good this time, I yes, think, right? Yes, I am. And so what in the world are you going to do after the fact? When is retirement? July 1st is my last day to be the lake guy. The lake guy. I am done. Okay, so what's ret- what's post-retirement going to look like? We're traveling some more. You know, Amy and I do travel together, oh, yeah. and we do different stuff. We just got back. We went to Utah to Zion National Park and pulled a motorcycle behind us and rode through the mountains and did that and... We went to we were in New Mexico, Utah, Nevada, and somewhere else. But we do that and we go on these trips and I plan the trips and Amy just hangs on and goes <laughs> <laughs> Literally hangs on. <laughs> I love it. And we and go we're, to We're gonna have a grandbaby in August. Oh yeah. So he's gonna be there for every that bit is of that. Perfect timing. It is. That's God's timing. That's right. Yeah. Right. And so and That's I like perfect. to do some woodworking like Blaine. You know. Yeah. So um, I have some projects that I have to complete, so I will stay very busy. And plus, taking care of the ranches around us, I stay busy. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really retirement. No, it's it's a shift in season, but not a retirement. Oh, dude, it is <laughs> so true. So good. I love it. I love it. That's great. Well, seriously, thank y'all for sticking around and and being here yeah. with us. And uh, more guests to come. We've got some fun folks that we're going to be interviewing. Yeah, uh, coming up. And, uh, but we always say this and we mean it, man, if you have somebody that you go, you got to hear this story, this would be, this would be a great guest to interview. Please shoot that our way. And, uh, you can reach us by calling us, texting us, all the, us on the, the head, whatever ways, you want to do, yeah. all the fax, ways. email, you can fax, email, send a pigeon, yeah. or you can email us at STC at org. There it is. This has been Bill and Amy Plunkett. Thanks so much for listening. See you later. Adios. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that to you.